In the very beginning of the Gospel of Mark, the word to watch for is immediately. You know that in Mark's Gospel, that word is used 42 times, immediately. That word's only used 56 times in the entire New Testament. So Mark kind of has a corner on that word, immediately, at once, right away, or some variation of it. He tells us that this is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. Do you remember? In the very first verse. And from the moment Jesus comes onto the scene in the wilderness with John the Baptist, because Mark doesn't have time to tell us birth stories, no time for Mary and Joseph and mangers and magi, he is immediately driven out into the wilderness. We get no account of three temptations like we do in some of the other Gospels. Instead, he emerges from the wilderness and sees James and John, the sons of Zebedee, mending their nets by the water's edge. And he immediately calls them, and they left their father mending the nets right then and there and followed him. His fame spreads at once, we're told by Mark, which is that same Greek word, immediately. Crowds begin to follow him, larger and larger crowds. A leper emerges from the crowd, approaches Jesus and says, if you choose, you can make me clean. Jesus says to him, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. All of that's just chapter 1. Jesus is a whirlwind of activity in this gospel. Mostly verbs and a few nouns. Always on the go, popping up on one side or the other of the Sea of Galilee. And then on the other uh, side of the Sea of Galilee in the very next verse sometimes. The spirit that drove him out into the wilderness in the beginning is still driving him on. He is on the loose. He is the picture of intensity and activity. In this regard, Mark's gospel is a gospel for our time. After all, there's much to be done. There are people to be healed. There's evil to be confronted There are wrongs to be made right. The church is called, most definitely, to be on the move with Jesus. One brief look at the announcements in our bulletin today reveals a church responding to God's grace in many respects immediately. There are cold people on the streets with no home in the wintertime, and we follow Jesus in welcoming them. There are children of God, young and old, within and outside our church, who need to feel the acceptance of Christ, to feel the joy of following Christ, to to grow in their faith. And we follow Jesus in ministries of teaching and nurturing and loving with intensity, immediately, with great passion. There's a prayer list filled with people in your bulletin, who ask for our love and our care and our prayers. And we follow Jesus in carrying out these ministries 
through Stephen ministry or meals or flowers or a ride to church immediately with great intensity, great passion. There are fields to be gleaned for the hungry of our community. There's so much to do, so very much to do immediately. Mark's gospel is a gospel for our time. And Mark's is a gospel for our town, too, I would say. One of the joys of living in a place like Franklin and Williamson County is the abundance, abundance of things to do, the opportunities that are right at our fingertips, especially for parents of children and youth. There's soccer and swimming and dance and theater and violin and band and volleyball and football and forensics and debate and on and on and on. All good, all deeply fulfilling, all creating full and busy lives immediately. Marx is a gospel for our town, I would say, as well as our time. And Mark, in typical fashion, describes Jesus' trip to Jericho thusly. They came to Jericho, and as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, what happened in Jericho? Nothing Mark thinks worth telling. Moved through quickly and on down the road. That's the way it is. That's Jesus' style in this gospel. And that's the style of the church that Jesus calls, and that's the style of the culture in which we live. But right in the middle of this story about going to and leaving Jericho, there on the outskirts of town, while the dust is still kicking up from their moving feet, an amazing thing happens. Easy to miss if you're not paying attention. Jesus stood still. He stood still. Bartimaeus sits by the roadside. You know, he's named after his father, Timaeus, son of Timaeus, Bar Timaeus. His father's not in the picture anymore. Most probably has died along the way. Or surely he would be there helping, caring for his son. Unlike visually impaired people in our own time, the blind in those days had very little mobility and almost no support. His days were spent not in frenetic activity, but sitting by the roadside begging for money, maybe food. He wears a cloak and he gathers the coins in the folds of the cloak takes it from people who have pity on him. But when he learns that Jesus is passing by, he suddenly becomes the picture of activity. He begins calling out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And as we're prone to do, the crowd tries to silence this outsider, this beggar, tries to keep him away from the grace Jesus offers, from the healing that is a possibility. They tell him to be quiet, but Mark says the more they told him to be quiet, the louder 
He shouted. Great faith he has. Not sight, but faith in spades. He has a kind of persistent faith, a blind faith that this Jesus, son of David, can do for him what no one else has done. And so Jesus, hearing him, stops. All the activity buzzing around him, emanating from him, ceases. And for the moment, there's just Jesus and Bartimaeus asking for his sight. During our staff conversation about this text last week, it came up that if we pay attention to this text, we, we see this crowd of people, and suddenly Jesus is in the center of that crowd, and then Jesus becomes the still center of that crowd. All eyes are on him. And in that moment, he hears Bartimaeus. And he summons the crowd to bring Bartimaeus to him, to that still center where Jesus is. What Jesus creates in that still center, I would suggest, is a sanctuary. In the sanctuary, Jesus asks a simple question. What do you want me to do for you? And the answer is matched in its simplicity. I want to see. John Calvin, whom we think about on this Reformation Sunday, says about this text, only Christ, being called upon by faith, heals our blindness. Only Christ, being called upon by faith, heals our blindness. Bartimaeus, in the stillness of the roadside sanctuary, speaks for us all. Let me see. We've been listening to people throughout the year, and especially at this time of year, telling stories about why they choose to support this congregation, why they choose to give in response to God's grace. And it was in reading this text again this week that it revealed for me what I think is the, one of the primary reasons that I or anyone else might choose to give. In this place, we are given the opportunity to experience sanctuary. We're given a, an invitation to see, to see ourselves, to see our relationships, to see our world from the stillness of that center where Christ stands before us, looking us in our blinded eyes and asking, what do you want me to do for you? Oh Lord, we want to see. When a group of worshipers who seek nothing more than Sabbath sanctuary in a Shabbat service in Pittsburgh 
are gunned down. And we know now that the name Tree of Life in Squirrel Hills will be mentioned in that horrible litany that includes Emmanuel in Charleston, Sutherland Springs in Texas, Burnett Chapel in Antioch, not to mention Las Vegas, Orlando, Sandy Hook, Stoneman Douglas High School, and on and on and on. And we hear Jesus ask the question, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, we, all of us, we want to see rightly. And this is a place where we are confronted with that most simple of questions that points to our profound need. So today I want to say simply that it is in these moments, in the stillness of this sanctuary, where we are given the opportunity to have new eyes, to see with the grace and compassion of Christ. This is a gift of grace, these moments, to which I can only respond with deep gratitude, giving of myself in every way I can. I want to be different. I want to see differently. I want to see with the eyes of Christ. I want to act with the actions of Christ because of what happens, what happens in the encounter in this space, in this sanctuary. It is easy in the life of the church and in the life of the follower of Christ to begin thinking that faith is all about what we do. Stewardship season comes around every year, every time the temperatures drop and the leaves swirl in the chilly breeze and with it comes questions of commitment what will we do how much will we give of our time of our talent of our treasure in the following of christ these are good and necessary questions and i know you have all been faithfully considering them in these weeks but they are not the first questions of stewardship the first question is not spoken by us but by Christ. What do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus wants to see. He stands for all of us in that regard. And we know what happens next. Jesus tells him his fate has made him well and tells him to go, but Bartimaeus doesn't go anywhere. He follows Jesus on the way immediately. And the activity level picks up again as Jesus continues moving toward the cross. But that activity is not possible for Bartimaeus. It's not possible for us with any real meaning without that standing still encounter with Jesus. There is no greater gift God offers us than to stand in the still center of Jesus listening for his voice. There's no greater gift in the middle of our two busy lives. There's no greater gift in the middle of a busy church. 
There's no greater gift in a world where we all sometimes seem to operate not out of sight, but out of blindness, where we hurt one another because we cannot really see one another. It is because of this gift, week after week, in this sacred space, among many others, that I give with joy, but I also give with hope, deep hope, that the Christ who meets us here grants us sight and enables us to follow him out into the world in peace as bearers of hope, as voices for justice, as visions of shalom in the world. So this morning, I'm do something a little different. I want to invite everyone in here to, to close your eyes so that you can see. I invite you to see Jesus in the still center of the crowd, whatever your crowd looks like for you. And in the silence that follows, Hear these words from our Savior. What do you want me to do for you? And in silence, I invite you to pray your response. My prayer for you and for the world is that we will hear your faith has made you, made us well.